0: Fans, it is time once again for another episode of Tales from 2 a.m. Yes, a very special episode because we're getting ready for camp. Hi, I'm Brian Anthony Davis. My name is that you can call me bad. And I'm also the podcast producer here at behind the stillcurtain.com and very proud to be. And I'm gonna talk about that quite a bit on this episode. Wherever you are, thank you so much for joining me. I realize, you know, this is a little earlier than we do it. I know for some people, it's 5.48 in the morning. If you're in Hawaii, it's probably a whole lot earlier. But we have people from all over the globe checking out this show. Hashtag bad company. Bad loves you. So thank you so much. Dave Shipley, first one in this morning. Good morning, Dave Shipley. Brian Brown, Port Cuenba. Everybody in, ready to go like I said, I am so glad to be able to do this every single Sunday with you until the start of the regular season. That's when we start up with the Steelers post game show. And come on, that's so much better than some dude just uh, spouting off and preaching about life as a black and gold fan. That's what I'm going to do today, but I'm going to go a little more personal because this is a very special day for me. And I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. So the Steelers it's been announced on Friday. They're going to camp, my friends. Yes, yes, yes. July twenty second. They were able to go as early as July twenty first, but they are reporting to the south side to the complex on that day, July twenty two. So, what's today, the eighteenth? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's coming up, my friends. It is coming up Thursday. Uh, I am McDonald's right now, but Dun Dun Dun. Bad's loving it. All right, so that's going to be my first thumbs down cuz I always get 3 on this show. So, you know, one of these days we're going to get 300 thumbs ups and no thumbs down. But I don't care because I have thick skin and I'm this is fun and I'm and we're going to be talking about that too, not the thumbs downs, but why we do this and and why I'm here. And that's what we're going to do. But first, it's camp. Some some things happened last week, you know, It was all a lot of talk. So let's talk about this. What happened last week? What was the week that was? So if you don't have a chance to check it out today when it debuts on the other side, the editorial side, let's take a look into the week that was and have a bad week. On Monday, Ryan Byrd reported sources that said, that Ben Roethlisberger's conditioning is the best of his career and that he has driven more than ever since the season ended. Burr also stated that from an arm standpoint, Ben is more likely to win his first league MVP than finish outside the top 10 in passing. Sources from BTSC say that Brian Anthony Davis is in the best writing shape of his career and is far more likely to win... (laughs) Forget it. Even I can't write a fib that outrageous, but I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger here. I don't care, care how much hype he's getting. And Bill Cower came out and talked about how, when he gets focused, how amazing he could be talked about his conditioning is what Ryan Burr is. You know, he's in great shape and yeah, he's ready to go and I get it, but you know how I like my chips on the shoulders of black and gold players. And that's what I'm hoping for. So, Let's quit waxing Ben's car. Let's make Ben mad. Let's make give him something to prove again, and that will be huge. So that's all I'm saying about that. Pro Football Reference, after decades of research on Monday, updated their site to add sack data all the way back to 1960. Now, sacks became an official stat, I believe, in 1982. So when you look at the stat totals, you're like, wait, where's Joe Green? Where's L.C. Greenwood? Like, number one is James Harrison with 80.5, and right b- right behind him is Jason Gilden, another number 92. Then you've got guys like Keith Willis, and Keith Willis, he's going to stay on that list. But where's L.C. Greenwood with 78? Where's Joe Green with 77.5? Dwight White's 55. Ernie Holmes is 39.5. Andy Russell's 38. Jack Ham's 25.5, and Jack Lambert's well they're there now now for years I have been quoting and you know if you listen to the show I talk about the official sack list and the unofficial sack list and the unofficial sack list is the one that I go by with Elsie Greenwood at number three and Joe Green at number four and that's the most important one for me because those guys they got sacks maybe and I don't know if they're going to tally this now But if they're going to do this, maybe L.C. Greenwood will now have the official record for sacks in a Super Bowl because of those four back in Super Bowl ten. Man, he needs to be recognized for that. He had four, and he would have, but I still don't think that's going to be an official stat. But as far as unofficial and official Steelers sack list, we don't have to talk about that anymore. It's the Steelers sack list now because of pro football reference, and I can speak for Dave Schofield on this. I think it's the best thing out there as far as stats go. I like pro football reference as well. We do we use that for everything, just like looking up numbers of players. And when we do, do Digit Dynasty and we get those sacks, that's where we go. And it's a very credible source. So uh, kudos to uh, that group for putting it together. On Tuesday, Cassius Marsh was quoted as saying that his time with the New England Patriots was awful. And that the team, and I quote, treats players like crap. <laughs> it was cited that the Pens, Pats players were barely given time to eat at practices. Marsh stopped short of comparing Bill Belichick to Miss Hannigan and Annie. And that's too bad. I was really hoping that Pokemon King would bust out some, it's a hard luck knife. Hard luck knife? It's a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life for us bill belichick keeps us down we always have a frown well now he's with pittsburgh and they don't treat you like crap but they treat you pretty good pokey glad to have you on wednesday rosie nicks announced his retirement from the nfl nicks went by nicks jones when he first debuted in the league and it was crushing to watch him be the first cut on hbo's hard knocks when he was with the atlanta falcons This guy was a class act, hard-nosed stealer, so best wishes to Rosie. Let's meet up at Arby's. We'll celebrate your career. Big beef and cheddars on me! But, Rosie, you may have to spring for the curly fries, though. I'm a little short this week. Thursday, it was reported that Dwayne Haskins, who got married over the weekend, was assaulted by said woman just two weeks before in Vegas. Now, I'm not going to make fun of this. This is a domestic violence situation. But he did marry marry her, what, 10 days later? This happened on July 3rd. And then he married her over the weekend, so less than a week, maybe. So, look, I'm not going after Dwayne Haskins. Right now, he could be a victim of domestic abuse. I'm glad that he didn't hit her back. We don't know what happened. Maybe Dwayne started it. I'm not saying that either. I'm just staying away. But for the sake of the article and for some kind of levity... There's no truth to the the report that Le'Veon Bell entered into a sister's wives polygamy styled union with the hookers that robbed him while he was nude. On Friday, it was announced that the Steelers training camp will open July 22nd at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the South Side. Let the annual Yinzer Pessimism pessimism Games begin. Woo! And this is my favorite, and I'm going to talk about this a lot today. Uh, BTSC's Michael Beck asked the question on Twitter, if Robert Spillane could become the next great Steelers inside linebacker. Apparently Vince Williams noticed, and this is not a joke, and he replied, 100% know for a fact he can. How awesome is that? Michael Beck, he has a great following on Twitter. This kid, you know, we tease him all the time. He teases back. That's awesome. We are a tight family here at BTSC but Michael Beck is getting it done and to get Vinny Vidi Vici a big presence on Twitter to notice him and reply and agree with him and answer the question and not bounce on him like Lustin Jane did to uh, one Jefferson Hartman. Look, I think it's awesome. I've never had anyone famous reply to any of my written wisdoms on social media, not even Tom Arnold and Tom Arnold who replied to a Tony Defeo tweet a few months back, Tom freaking Arnold would reply to me. I can't even get Sapphire from the Beehive to message me back. My gosh, I'm unloved. Somebody get me some kind of celebrity. Even if it's D-list like Pittsburgh Dad, I don't care. I need somebody to acknowledge my existence. <laughs> I'm not that vain, but it's funny. Saturday, I just finished binge watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. Amazing show. It's tremendous. I'm pumped that season two comes out next Friday. Justin Sudeikis is fantastic. Great cast too. It's a story of a championship NCAA D2 coach. I think they have him at, I was going to say Wake Forest, but it's the same colors. It's actually Wichita State. So I've got the W and I've got the black and gold thinking about. But yeah, he was at Wichita State. He's jumping the pond to coach soccer. Can you imagine Mike Tomlin unleashing hell in Liverpool or Man U or something like that? That would be absolutely awesome. They take their football pretty seriously. So I absolutely love it. Um, Brian Brown asked, why is Cassius Marsh called the Pokemon King? This guy has a great business. He has been collecting Pokemon cards. Now he sells them. He's got an online presence and sports cards and adventure playing fantasy adventure playing cards. That is why he's called the Pokemon King. Um, Great. There's, there's some great interviews with him on that. And I tell you what, I'm getting excited about this guy. I think he could be, look, no one was excited about Robert Spillane at all. Now, now we kind of are. I'm kind of getting excited about Cassius Marsh. Now, am I looking at him to start? No, but I think he could be a good presence. So that's cool to me. All right. So the Steelers are going to camp. I am going to camp. I shouldn't even be doing the show right now. I've got 18 BSA Boy Scouts waiting for me. And we meet up. Actually, we meet up at 10 o'clock. And we are going to camp for the week. I am their Scoutmaster. And I am guiding. Yes, BAD is guiding 18 youth. From age 11 to 16 this weekend. Actually, not this weekend, the entire week. So it is pray for me. <laughs> I've done it before. It's a it is a lot of fun when you guide them through merit badges, you you take them camping. It is a great facility in Pennsylvania where we go to. I, one of the finest camps and equip, he's one of the finest in the world. Yeah, just me once in band camp. Nothing cool like that happens here. <laughs> So, no, nothing cool like that happens. Um, but, yeah, it's very safe for the boys um, and girls now, too. My daughter gets to go with her troop, which I'm so proud of. Both of my kids will be with me. So this is going to be fantastic, and I can't wait. So it's going to be a shorter show than we usually do, but I need to be here for Hashtag Bad Company, and I need to talk about something special to me. You've heard me talk about this before, but not on this date, because this is the date. This is July 18th of 2021. And I want to take you back in time. I want to go back to July 18th of 2003. So 18 years ago. And that was the day that my life changed forever. Was it the day I got married? No. Was it the day I met my wife? No. In fact, it was quite opposite. I was getting ready to go through a divorce. My wife at the time, who I have no ill will to the former Mrs. Brian Anthony Davis. Um, none, None whatsoever. But she was going through a different time in her life and decided that other men were where she wanted to be. And she uh, she was going through a, a time where she, something that's you know, important to me is family, not just my BTSC family here, not just my Steeler family, but family. That's the most important thing to me. And I was one of the family and she started a family without me with somebody else. And I found that out around this time, but not on this date. I would actually, it was going on at the time. I didn't know yet, but I knew we were separated at this point. I had already been asked to leave the house and something else was going on in my life. Started to feel tired, started to notice some pain. And I had, I was 75% calcified down, downstairs and so I went to the doctor and uh, I went to the doctor about six weeks before and he said, uh, it's probably just an infection. I'm like, no, I don't think this is different. This is weird. Um, and he said to me, he said, well, uh, all right, you're 31. So you're on the far end of it, but we'll, we'll check you. Will we come back. If it's uh if it's still there so I come back on this date and they do some tests and they check me out and they do an ultrasound and like I said this is uh, this is my male region here and testicular cancer is what they were looking for and there's some levity to this whole thing because I am a happy-go-lucky guy and I'm kind of like Chandler on Friends where I kind of hide behind jokes a lot and so I was trying to make jokes with the ultrasound technician but when the ultrasound technician goes, well, first of all, he put hot gel downstairs and he was like, he was like, all right, I know this might be uncomfortable. I'm like, no, I- I'm just excited. I'm just happy that a man did that to me and I had no reaction. So great news there. And so I'm trying to make him laugh, but it turns serious when the technician just goes, Oh, and I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I, I feel like I felt like a uh, Jeff Goldblum in uh independence day. Well, what do you mean? Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Whoops? No. You know, I I was scared to death. And he goes, I'll be right back. Man, that's the longest, like, five minutes where I'm sitting there, laying there, actually waiting. And he comes back. And he says, your doctor wants to see you right away. And I'm like, okay. And the doctor was... (laughs) now there was no Costanza moment. And that's the kind of thing I, that's the kind of jokes that I make. And so yeah. Um it did not move. So I'm like, the good news is that well, I'll get to that later. Um, what I was hoping for is the good news is I'm not gay. The bad news is I have cancer. And to quote Costanza from that same from that same season, not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm not saying that. That's um, but anyways so I walk to the doctor's office and the reason I'm walking is it's a medical building I'm at the hospital and the medical building where he's in is like right behind it so I'm walking over longest walk of my life you know so I go over there and the the doctor was about two years older than me and he would not give me eye contact whatsoever and he just went like this and it's like well uh you know, it's not right down there. Um, I'm like, you know, I think I'm like, doctor, are you trying to tell me I have cancer? And he's like, yes. Yeah. Well, he was more, yeah, yeah, I, I am. That's, that's what it is. So we have to put you through more tests. I need to, I was in West Virginia at the time and he's like, hey, could we get you down to Morgantown this afternoon? We'll, we're going to operate. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to process this. Um and it was it was just absolutely surreal. And in the uh in the waiting room was <laughs> for just a complete other appointment was my soon to be ex-wife's mother, so my mother-in-law at the time, who uh I, I revere, I awesome lady. And she said, you want me to call your wife? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And so she came in, she helped get me through this. So the, so that's why I'm, I mean, look, everybody has their path and, and that's fine. And I have no ill will. This opened me up to a whole new world, but it was one of those things where I felt like my life could be over no wife. And also at this point, I'm afraid I'm going to die. And as my, as bad dad, as my dad said on the father's day episode that I was named after Brian Piccolo, who his brain tumor started out as testicular cancer. And it was just an ironic thing. And we didn't realize that until afterwards, but something happens when you go through a situation like this, and you think you've got nothing, and you think it's all going to end, you realize what you have around you, and you realize what you have to divert that attention. I have a group that in West Virginia, my buddy Gene, my buddy Tom, they called Steeler Central. We watched all the games. They, man, they rallied around me. All these people, of course, family rallied around me. Um, My soon-to-be ex-wife's family rallied around me. People came out of the woodwork that I never knew cared. And a lot of them are still there. I found friends that I didn't know I would actually have. But where did I put all my attention? I put all my attention into family. And I put all my attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is when I started writing. I had a friend that wanted to cheer me up. And I always, he was a sports editor at the local newspaper, small little newspaper in Elkins, West Virginia. And he said, Hey, you always talked about doing that column. Want to, want to go ahead and do that. So I started writing that column about the Pittsburgh Steelers. and was satire. Um, It was called the steel deal with Brian Anthony Davis. I might've just been Brian Davis back then. Um, I was BD instead of bad, but, so I would do the steel deal and I would just put myself, I would just, man, I studied the Steelers. I want to do everything for this column. I was a huge fan, but I jumped in even more start. I went to more games. I started doing things that I would never do. I just decided that I'm going to see my best friend in California. And I just went out Um. So did all those things and I lived life and I I feel like I was born that day again. Six days later, I had it removed. 18 years later, I'm cancer free. I was cancer free within, you know, six weeks because I caught it so fast. That's why I have children. Didn't have to have radiation. I did not have to have chemo, but you know, my parents and my friends and the Steelers were there for me, you know? And that's that's what it's all about. But one thing I had to do was pretend that I was okay and I wasn't. And, you know, sometimes it's okay to pretend. Because when you're in that situation, you find yourself telling somebody, somebody about it, and they're more freaked out about it than you are. And then you find yourself pretending that everything's okay To make them feel better. Because you see how concerned they are. That's what friendship. That's what love. That's what community. Is all about. That's what family is all about. And you don't have to have the same blood. Running through your veins. My gosh. Everybody on the screen right now. You're my BTSC family. You're my Steeler family. You have black and gold running through your veins. Comes out red. But we know what color it is. We know what made that, made that, you know? So pretending sometimes is okay. It helps you get stronger. And when you pretend that things are okay, even though people are still, they're not letting you pretend completely because they're going to help get you through it. But you start pretending, starts becoming real. And you realize you don't have to pretend anymore. I probably told this story before on this show. Let's flash forward to New Year's Eve of that very same year. Call up my mom and my dad to say Happy New Year, and mom said to me, <laughs> "She said to me, Brian, I bet you you're glad that you <laughs> that this year's over." And I said to her, "I said, Mom." This was the best year of my life. She goes, no, it was the worst year of your life. I'm like, no, mom. This was the best year of my life. I found out who I have around me. I'm here. I'm alive. I've got family. I've got friends. I don't have a wife, but nobody could take the rest of that stuff away from me. Four years later in April, I'm married. And then I have a kid. Then I have two kids. They have a stepson along with it, who's twenty eight and married, and ha- is giving me grand puppies right now. They've got to give me grandkids, and I'm bugging them for it. But and they will. But right now, yo. Know, right now, that's it's the scoreboard that matters, and people could tell you that you're not that, that you're just pretend, and we're going to get to that in a bit, because that's something that's happened in this week, that's something that's happened in the last two weeks on Twitter, if you haven't seen, and I'm going to get into that, but let anybody label you as a pretender, and we're going to talk about that, then you tell them that you're real, so I labeled myself as a pretender, and I found out, damn it, I found out I was real, and I did, and that's to me what it's all about so i'm going to dry my eyes and i'm going to be back here in just a second if you are on any if you're on any of our podcast platforms where you where you download your favorite podcasts just go download number 2 that means a lot and it's simple and easy to do. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, just about five seconds. Let me dry these eyes. Um, and I'm going to be right back. So stick here for the second half. You are not going to want, want to miss the second half of Tales from 2 a.m. from behindthestillcurtain.com. <laughs>